Welcome to Coffee and Change, a podcast where we talk about change in our lives, our work, and our world, and how we're managing it. Welcome back. On episode 42, I am very honored to be interviewing my next guest, Rockwell Felder, who's the CFO and co-founder of Squadcast.fm. At Squadcast, their mission is very simple. It's to amplify collaboration. And Squadcast as a podcasting tool is about making it easier for you and your guests to spend time having meaningful conversations without having to compromise quality in a remote conversation. As a fellow creative and a podcast host, I have been searching and wandering for tools and resources for several months. That is, until I found Squadcast. Rock and I talk about what led me to their tool and why I'm so excited about it, as well as the changes coming up in the podcast ecosystem. Enjoy the conversation. First of all, I just want to say thank you for the opportunity to meet with you because I've been so looking forward to this interview. Uh, I can't even tell you like the amount of research, obviously, that I did rock uh, in this space. And and you know how it goes, right? You do all this research. This space is is becoming really, really busy. And I think that's a good thing. But sometimes you have to like sort through the, all right, what is this? Is this this something? But what was really interesting about my research and what what helped me arrive with you all at Squadcast was the sincerity and the simplicity. Like it, it just came across to me with what you all have out there on your brand, the simplicity with which you present, you know, your, your, your site, your page, your offering. Um, and then honestly, like learning a bit about your background and your co-founder's background and the family part of the business clinched it for me. So I, I got to say, as someone who's been in this space and trying to navigate the seas of, of podcasting as a very amateur um, learner, but a lifelong learner, um, first of all, thank you for the opportunity to, to, to talk with you today and hear more about Squadcast. But also just thank you for like, you guys just putting your heads together and saying, hey, let's make something that we think the world needs. And now more than ever in a pandemic, the world needs remote podcasting. So yeah, thank you. Man, I I really appreciate that. Thank you for obviously giving me the opportunity to be on your show. That's uh, really, really awesome. And we love being a a part of anybody's show to share our story. So thank you a lot. And and that's awesome to hear that uh, the amount of research that you did, and it's always best to hear how, uh, what kind of impression or, or what, what, what message we're putting out there and how it's being received by folks. Cause we certainly try our best to, to put stuff out there where, um, you know, you get to know who's behind this company and that we really care. And I think that's one of the um, X factors that we have going for us is that we love podcasting and that's why you know when zach approached me about the business idea it was like more so is this a real problem that can be um you know executed on and not like i was totally sold on like i would love to help podcasters out i think you know um part of exactly what you you brought up is that it's like this um it's for lifelong learners like you people like you thrive in podcasting because it's, it's, you're always learning. There's so much to, to uh, it's almost like running your own business, which I do think is, is overwhelming and certainly something that um, as I started to engage with a lot of podcasters, specifically independent podcasters, um, 
it is too noisy. And I think that is uh, one of the current downfalls is that there's so much going on and so much uh, being thrown at you, whether it's equipment, software, you know, social media strategy. Uh, like I said, it's, it's very similar to starting your own startup. And that's one of the things Zach and I always kind of talk about is it, it's very similar in the sense, especially like a, a, a smaller bootstrap company like ours, where everyone's wearing multiple hats. Now, thankfully we do have a team that kind of helps us out, but I feel like it's helped us kind of, um, other than being podcasters ourselves, just having to, you know, be independent and, and really, uh, wear a bunch of hats and be scrappy. I mean, I think it's what helped us align well to serve this community, I think, because uh, we're kind of going through the same thing. And we definitely want to add clarity and simplicity because it doesn't have to be difficult to have a great podcast. And and especially at first, it probably shouldn't be. You can certainly, you know, add in all the cool uh, gear and, and, and um, you know, super slick strategies and stuff like that. But you know, a lot of that stuff, you just need to get behind the mic and get some, you know, what we say reps. Um, or, or, you know, just, just figure it out and, and just get started. Um, but it's, it's a lot to think about, so I can totally see you. And I'm glad to hear that it's simplistic, uh, from, from your perspective, because it wasn't always that way. I think, you know, that's the, it's, it's like harder to make things simpler, which is, which is fascinating. Very true. Yeah. I was, I was in a discussion yesterday with some colleagues and peers I admire tremendously, and they've got a background in human-centered design, design thinking, and, yes. and they've gotten some certifications from IDEO and some organizations like this. And And one of the reasons I really enjoy meeting with them is they celebrate the simple. Um, and I remember there was, a, there was a, a book that I shared with them that I recently, well, I guess in the past year or two, read um, called Essentialism. Um, and it's the, you know, discipline pursuit of less. And when I finished that book, I was reading it on a plane somewhere, right? Back in the days when we were on planes all the time. Um, <laughs> and I just remember finishing that book and saying, I've, I've been missing the mark for so long, right? In, in the world of trying to pack so much in, um, be it in a presentation, be it in an interview, be it in a discussion, you can oversaturate really quickly and then miss the the beauty of the simplicity. Um, and, and to me, the, the, the simplest part of what this is for so many people, it's the storytelling. And I, you know, I allude back to one of the blogs you wrote recently, um, around diversity and podcasting and, um, you know, the guest that you had on the, between the two mics talked about intimacy mm -hmm. in podcasting. So mm -hmm. I'd love to kind of start there in, on that, on that concept of intimacy. I, I so agree with it because as someone who, um, consumes a lot of this ecosystem, I believe, and also putting back into the ecosystem. But what really captures me and captures a lot of listeners, I think, is when you do have that sense of intimacy between your ears, mm -hmm. right? whether you're, you're on a plane or you're taking a walk or you're going somewhere, you've got this sense of you're connecting with someone on a human to human level because of their story. Um, you know, given that aspect of podcasting, one of the first questions I'd love to start with is, do you see that changing? Do you see that um, altering in any way? Uh, and if so, is it good? Is it bad? Is it? Yeah, just would love your thoughts on that. Yeah, I definitely do think it's it's changing, especially as more and more people get exposed to podcasting. And you know, one of the things that we get uh, to see being so uh, involved in the industry and, and uh, paying attention to other leaders in the space who have been. Uh, you know, doing this a lot longer than us, um, is that the, the, the 
behaviors and habits of listeners are indeed changing and that a lot of people um, that, you know, originally uh, came to podcasting, they came to listen to a specific topic and, you know, come there for like a improve their knowledge or learn about something. It was very like a purpose based, whereas now the data is starting to show as podcasting gets more uh, mainstream people are coming to it for entertainment purposes more so they want to escape and not think and you know have more of again just an entertainment fact uh, factor and um i find that interesting because i definitely consider myself one of the uh, f- uh first set of listeners if you will where i it was it was a i love podcasting because it's helped me um it's like personalized education is what Zach calls it. And that really hit at home uh, when he told that because it's like, okay, if I'm into history or I'm into something in tech or business, you know, I, I listen to it and it helps me um, open my mind, expand my mind. I learn some stuff. I get exposed to new people. Oftentimes what I love about podcasts, especially interview style shows is um, the interviewer has some really neat guest on. Oftentimes that guest already has another podcast or they're going to start another podcast. And so then I listen to them and then they have their guests. And so it's just really, it's really cool how that viral nature of it works. But I, I do think that it's going to be more about, uh, people are coming there for entertainment reasons. And I still think there's going to be that unique intimate experience because you're right. There definitely seems to be something really special that happens and it, it's got to be related to the ear. Um, and I think it really started to show for me, um, once the shelter in place stuff happened, because I wanted to hear how my favorite podcasters were experiencing this very moment that we're all experiencing, like what, what was going on for them? And it's like, wow, like, I don't know them, but I want to know what they're, how they're experiencing it. It's, it's, it's wild, man. So, um, I certainly hope that the uh, intimacy and the, that's what makes it so special. I I really hope that doesn't go away, but I do see it evolving and changing. Um, I, I think creators, uh, I mean, of course the tech needs to help empower this, but I think creators are always looking for more ways to engage with their audience. Um, so I think tools that can help that, um, will certainly, um, change and, and, uh, I think develop and expand the way that, that, uh, producers and creators can interact with their audience. Cause I think that's one of the tough things about podcasting that we hear is it is a pretty lonely game. And even though you're a lot of times talking to other people, you're also spending a lot of time on your own, whether it's researching or editing or planning or uh, doing all the other activities that, that it, it requires. Um, and then it, it's not like, like with a stand up comedian, they kind of get that instant feedback with their audience where a podcaster, they, they don't. Oftentimes it's when they, don't release on time or they take a break and then their audience is like, Hey man, I've been really missing your show. And then they're like, I didn't realize anybody was listening. We hear that all the time. So I think, I think that's one way that I, I really hope that intimacy evolves. Um, so yeah, I, I, I hope that, you know, it was partly answering your, your question. Absolutely. And you know, it makes me think of, um, you know, I, I think back to my origins of when I first started listening to podcasting, and I believe it was as early as 2005. Nice. Um, I was in I was in the army, um, and I believe I was driving between Washington D.C. and uh, Augusta, Georgia. I was mm-hmm. headed to uh, military training, and so I had a long, you know, long drives ahead. And I believe I kind of just stumbled upon that the purple app, as they call it, and they <laughs> and I downloaded a few things, and you know, there was nothing back then, right? Nothing. There was like maybe like three or four people that were previous MTV VJs that were kind of just tooling with this thing. Um, 
and I remember thinking to myself, well, this is interesting. And, you know, you stumble, you stumble through some stuff. And then I think about, you know, podcast series like the history of Rome by Mike Duncan, who, if you go back and you listen to his early stuff, you can tell it's just him and his apartment and it's, it's a little rough. It's a little scratchy, but man, the passion comes through. Right. This is the man who, you know, walked us through the entire history of Rome. Um, and then he's gone on to become, you know, a published author and he's got a second series of podcasts called revolutions. And, and those have really stayed with me through, through many, many years. And so I think about the, the importance of, like you said, the lifelong learning, but the intimacy, it's almost like having, you know, a solo instructor, um, mm. an actual tutor walk yeah. you through. Um, and, and that gives me, that gives me a lot of hope. The other thing I'm curious about when you talked about the loneliness of this, I hadn't really thought about that. Um, because what's really interesting to me as, as a creator, and I'm only recently calling myself that, by the way, that's a new term that somebody said, they're like, you're totally a creative. Why don't you just own the term? Um, you should. I should, and I will, and I'm doing that. It's part of, part of putting it out there. Good. But what's really interesting is, um, I never really noticed the loneliness part of, or the, the being alone part of it, because what's interesting is I get so much energy from it when I'm doing the editing, when I'm doing the splicing, when I'm doing the, you know, in and out or trying to find the right, I, that that gives me such energy um, because it makes me think about what would land best with, with a listener. And that's primarily because I do so much listening of, of podcasts like on being and, you know, humans now and then like there, there, there are these podcasts I listen to and I pick up the, the techniques and the tactics. And I find those moments that stop me in my tracks, right? You're out for a long walk, you're listening to a podcast and, and you hear the way something is done or you hear the way someone asks a question. And you're like, Oh, I, I'm, I'm stopping to listen to this answer. Um, and so that's really interesting on top of all of the, all of the interaction we're doing on things like zoom. Right. So that's another medium where we're, we're talking and we're visual on Zoom, but we also don't have that feedback like you talked about, like comedians used to get, or mm -hmm. I used to get in a, a, a room of people leading a presentation. I could get instant feedback. So I, I hadn't really thought of that, but that's an interesting challenge, I think, where people are lacking that human-to-human -human connection in this, in this new paradigm that we're in now. Yeah. So I wonder if they're listening for it more intently through the audio sensation, because frankly, we're reduced to two senses right now, mm -hmm. audio and visual. That's it. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a really interesting, uh, insight there. And I'm, I'm really happy to hear you get, you get energy from it. I do too. Uh, having these conversations, I used to you know, be super nervous about it. Um, just cause I wanted to, to, you know, represent well and stuff and have the interview go well, but it's, it's, I, I was just surprised how much fun it is getting behind the mic and talking. I never saw myself as like a big talker, but a lot of it is just, it, it's just vibing off of each other and you kind of create this like really cool relationship. And that's one of the things that, um, I think keeps me going is that you, as much as like building an audience is really fun and incredible. Uh, and we are, you know, starting to have a little one with our show and, and a little bit bigger one with our, with our, uh, with Squadcast. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the relationships that you develop through the interviews is also something that's incredible and something that we've been, uh, a big proponent of like continuing to nurture and develop, uh, after the podcast too, because, right. um, you know, we're all kind of just little punk rock rock bands of our own, just yeah. helping each other. Right. So, right. um, but yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to noodle on, on your thought of like, are people listening, uh, more, you know, uh, uh, what's the word in, in intentionally or, or, or mm -hmm. just listening harder, if you will. Um, 
but it's one of the challenges that with remote for sure. And we, that's where yeah. we saw the opportunity was like, you know, we would never say that like it's necessarily better than having an in-person interview. There's certain advantages to having an in-person interview. We just felt like there, it's not always the, an option for people and people right. would probably rather have an interview with a person if they could get it, um, remotely than, than not have it at all. Um, but I think it is something that, um, the whole COVID and shelter in place has really taught us is that, uh, we don't know how to do remote meetings or remote things well at all. And I think that's really what, uh, Zach and my job and the rest of Squadcast is, is, is a lot of just education on how to have a good remote interview, whether it's with Squadcast or not, there's so many things that go into it that can really set people up for success. And, um, you know, as, as, as good of a tool as zoom is, I think we're learning that, you know, it, it has its limitations as well. Um, and so, and, and, and also the way that we behave with it too, I think is, it's totally different. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's so interesting. I was having a conversation with someone about this. I have such, such empathy for broadcast people now because (laughs) I'm on camera eight to 10 hours a day now, sometimes 12 hours a day, depending on the day. And when you're on that, it's really interesting, but you're on camera, but you're in your home. Mm -hmm. So there's like this fourth, fourth wall that's completely broken. And like, and so I'm on camera, so I'm kind of acting like the bill that's the professional, but I'm in this box. That's so they can only see like part of me, but the people I live with are like, why are you talking like that? (laughs) (laughs) Like, Why do you sound that way? Um, And at the same time, I've, I've noticed it's also up to my game a little bit in things like understanding the diction that you use mm. or the facial expressions that you use. So it, it is, it is educational for all of us in this moment where we're trying to do things in a very remote way with intention and be deliberate, but we're limited. We're limited we by are. pixels and we're limited by some sound quality. And I think, you know, tools like Miro or some of these other apps I've seen called, there was one I recently read about called Mm-hmm, which is kind of a, a, a skin on top of Zoom, which makes it a little bit more like a, um, you know, uh, Saturday Night Live kind of. Uh, oh, yeah. I think I did hear about this. update yeah. look, you know, yeah. to your Zooms. And, and so the evolving of the of the ecosystem is something I'm fascinated by because you're right. It's We're going to learn more. And as long as we stay learners in it, I think there's a little bit of grace in there. It'll go a long way um, with that. I'm curious from the standpoint also, like there's no question that it, it the the industry that you're in, both tech, both tech audio and and you know content making and content delivery is changing by the day. Mm-hmm. I'd love your thoughts as a co-founder and a CFO, frankly, because there's a whole part of you that's the the business of this, right? Absolutely. Um, and as a son of an accountant, I can I can <laughs> I can. Um, you know, appreciate that. Uh, numbers, <laughs> numbers are not my game, by the way. Uh, that's my, uh, I'm going to embrace my creative and say numbers are not my strength, but that's totally uh, fine. <laughs> but, you know, we, we all have, we all have our strengths, but I'd love your thoughts is like, what are the changes you see coming ahead? You know, as, as, as people are listening to this, maybe frequent listeners, or maybe people who want to start their own podcast. Um, I love telling the stories and hearing from people like you to say, what's, what might be coming? What are some things people f- should look for, uh, be excited about, or maybe even wary of? Yeah, I think um, the times showed that having a, a digital presence and people with skills in in the digital world are, um, you know, at worst, it sounds like able to adapt, but at best, 
some of them are, are absolutely thriving. Um, and you know, to have access to so many podcasters, I mean, sure. Uh, listening habits changed a little bit when, when everything first started to go crazy in March. Uh, mm-hmm. but then it sounds like everyone's kind of adjusted to the, this new, new normal, whatever that is. Um, but I mean, if you talk to your friends about, you know, what their situations are, it, it, it people that are in the, you know, the tech scene or the digital space or, or, uh, you know, that type of creator, the, the creators seem to be, be doing all right and, fi- and moving along. So, uh, and I think that's why a lot of people are kind of gravitating towards, uh, po- endeavors like podcasting or YouTubing and stuff like that, because a, they probably have more time and, and have always wanted to do it. That was one of our like hypothesis, uh, hypotheses with, uh, Squadcast was that, you know, everyone's, had a conversation with their friend at some point, not everyone, but almost everyone and said, we should be recording this. We should have a podcast. Right. And we thought right. Squadcast can help that happen, whether you're in the same room or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of the things. And and I think maybe more people are just actually starting that up. Um, and I think, you know, of course, with everything that's going on in our, especially our country, when it comes to the, you know, the social justice matters and stuff like that, I think people are, uh, it's helping us be like just super uh, thoughtful and intentional when we come out with content. Now we, we did have a, a, a few mix-ups where, you know, we, we did some things that uh, came across uh, offensive. It wasn't like, you know, it's fine now, but you know, it's like a using a word that um, you know, a year or two ago was no big deal. And now it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so just really thinking about it so much more. I mean, truthfully, it's almost made it, uh, nerve wracking to put mm-hmm. out content and stuff like that. Right. But, but I think it's just because we're, we're trying to be more sensitive and, and mindful and intentional. And just, um, I think overall, a lot of it's for the better, I hope. Um, but it's just, it's just not, um, it's not the Facebook model of, of move fast and break things. It's really yeah. trying to, yes, of course we want to move fast, but we're, we're, we're really, as a company, we're trying to learn from the Facebooks and the Zooms of like how to handle, um, you know, privacy and, and what, how to, how to stand for something. And, um, so, but yeah, but my CFO hat on, um, it's, it's, uh, overall, I think it's been pretty, pretty good because, uh, you know, we're just fortunate enough to be in, in a, in a, in a situation where, like I said, like digital content creators are, are still able to uh, continue their their efforts for the most part. They've certainly had to adapt. And uh, thankfully, Squadcast has been able to help a, a lot of people stay on on their production schedule, keep their keep their content going. Um, so that's that's been been good. But I, yeah, it, it is changing, man. And it is hard to keep up with. Um, I, I, I want to have a better answer. I just, I, I don't know, you know, it's, well, I just, I think it's, I think to your point, there's a lot that's evolving and, you know, one of the things I've noticed and I would appreciate your perspective on this rock is um, as we talked about kind of in the, in the beginning um, it's a very busy ecosystem right now and, and it can be pretty noisy. And, you know, early on, I, I, I followed a few people and they were like, you should do this and you should do this and you should do this. And I got to the place where I started to realize the, those that are saying you should, you, you know, you must, you could, maybe I just started listening inward, but I, I was like, that's not where my path lies. Mm. Um, the concept of being made to feel like I'm always behind 
crushes my creative spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just don't think, I just don't think that's what people intend to do. And so what's really interesting is, you know, when the pandemic set in, there was a lot, there was a lot of movement and there were a lot of people that shifted into the digital uh, content, you know, delivery, as you say, but it also became very clear how many people were doing that out of desperation. Mm. How many people were, you know, all of a sudden there was just a lot more stuff on LinkedIn and sign up for this and do that. And, um, you know, I'll confess, I, I felt a little pulled to that. Like, Oh, am I going to miss the train? Am I going to miss the opportunity to miss the window? But one of the beautiful things that also came out of this was me resisting that and kind of sitting in the tension and saying, look, what is it you want to make and, and be known for and, uh, inspire in other people. And maybe it doesn't lie at the other side of that, that link that somebody's pushing <laughs> your way. Um, maybe it, maybe it lies in the absence of that, in, in the wonderment in the spending time really thinking about what you want to put out there in the world and will it resonate with people. And so I do think it's an interesting time, um, but I want to name it because because I think if I'm feeling it and you're feeling it, mm-hmm. chances are there's other creators out there that are feeling the tension. And my advice to them, I guess, and I'd love your feedback on this and perspective is sit in that tension for a while because I think it's in that tension where you start to feel like, who are you? Mm-hmm. And what is your quote unquote brand um, and all of this? Yeah, I, I really like that. And next time someone tells me you should do this or you should do that, I'm going to have to, uh, hopefully I can have, uh, you know, your, your voice in my head and, and remember that because, um, you know, I mean, I think naturally, uh, as a, as, as a founder, we, we do this to make people happier or, or we want to, we want to make an impact. And generally that's a positive impact, right? So it's making people happy at, at the heart. I mean, I'm a, you know what, that's, I think, my experience has always been customer service or customer um, client service to, so whether it was serving uh, waiting tables at a restaurant or uh, working for the accounting firm or now it's all about making people happy at the end of the day. Um, So it's easy to fall into thinking like, well, I should do this because it's going to make them happy and maybe it makes other people happy. But one of the things I think that you highlighted that I've become a big proponent of is I think you're right. Like wrestling with it and, 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 you know, accepting it is, is, uh, something I'm going to hopefully take from this, but also like the power of saying no is, is pretty incredible and liberated. And especially as a, um, as a self-funded company, like we are, we don't have the luxury to throw money at problems. So that just inherently, we just have to say no, but it, it's liberating and it's really the only way to, to really focus that that's the that's like you said it's a really loud environment so maybe that's the answer to one of your earlier questions is the people that can actually like focus i think because um i i mean i personally feel like we're and i'm sure everybody does where they're just getting pulled in a a million different directions especially these days especially if you're a parent with your kids at home and you're still working i mean i can only imagine um but, you know, having that ability to not say yes to everything and, and really say no and focus, um, there's a, there's a startup, um, like, uh, coach is, I think what he would go by mentor maybe. Um, and he says startups die from indigestion, not starvation. 
And I, I think that's true just in general. I mean, you know, it, it, he's talking about startups, but who runs startups? People. And I think that's a people problem. We we want to make people happy. We say yes. We we ingest too much, um, but it's not for like a lack of effort. It's not for a lack of ideas. It's it's too much almost, which is really interesting because when I first wanted to get into something more creative and independent, uh, and which eventually became Squadcast, like. Uh, I, you know, I was like, I don't, what idea? Where's the idea? I, I don't have any good ideas. And now it's like, especially with somebody like Zach, who is a great idea person. Um, but even me now, like ideas are coming up all the time and it's just like, okay, we got to say no, that's, that's not what we're trying to do. We need to, you know, focus, focus, focus. Um, so that's, that's, uh, I think that's going to be a, a, I think that's always going to be a, a valuable skill set. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the, one of the terms that I might've come across in, in that book, Essentialism was the concept of sacred yeses and sacred noes, right? Uh, Understanding yeah. what your purpose is, be it a startup, be it a company, be it a, be it an individual, um, and just and revisiting that every once in a while. Like, what are my sacred yeses and what are my sacred noes? And and that helps you kind of decipher um, or eliminate some of that. And I agree with you. Like, it's not sort of the starvation; it's the indigestion or the inflammation is maybe what I would call it. Even, yeah. Right. It's. Um, it's not understanding, um, what's causing the inflammation. Um, so I'd love for you to briefly talk about, um, I mean, I certainly know why, why I jumped into your tool. Um, but I would love for like, if other people are listening and and I've had a number of people, you know, recently, especially recently during the pandemic say, Hey, Bill, I've thought about starting this. I've, I've thought about doing this. And, and my answer always is go for it. Right. Like, yes. And, and don't strive for perfection. I always tell them that I'm like, do not try and become an overnight expert at this. Um, instead, very, very similar to writing. I'm, you know, I'm also a writer and there was this, there was this exercise that I, that I learned when I was in a, a novel prep course and there was a teacher, she basically said, okay, I want you to, you know, I want you guys to type out, you know, for six minutes or whatever. Um, and we'd had one of those Chrome extensions on that sort of counts your not count your keystrokes, but it's counting how many times you actually put a word and then how many times you delete mm. the ratio. Yeah. And then the other thing she did, she had us do was actually tape our pinky. The second time we did it, tape our pinky to our ring finger and type. Because, you know, when you're remembered it being typing, I think you went to a Christian Brothers school. So you know what I I'm did. talking about. I did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you have the the typing. I was taught by Irish nuns how to type in Ireland. So, I, you know, your form is very important. But when you tape that pinky finger to the ring finger, you, it's harder for you to reach for the delete button. Right? It's harder for you to, to reach for the backspace. And what it unveiled to me was... Uh, you delete, like for every third word I was deleting and I was censoring and editing before I was ever completing, before I was ever letting a thought be on the page. Um, and so I just, I, I found, I found it so eye-opening to see that. And the same thing happens with, when, when people are trying to create, right? They think, oh, I got to restart that. I got, and my advice to them is just just, just do it. Like be kind to yourself and just, you can always go back and edit later. So for those people that might be sort of stuck in that realm of like, it's gotta be perfect. I don't know how to do it, how to jump in. And, and I would certainly turn them to something based on the clarity and simplicity of what we talked about with your tool. Can you walk us through why it's easy? Um, if for people who are listening and considering like, why would Squadcast be an easy tool for them? What are some of the differentiators that you and Zach and um, the family of, of folks that have put this together, um, you know, have, have been, why you've been so successful. 
Oh, well, yeah, happy to. And, and thank you for the, the kind, kind words again. Um, yeah, we just felt like there was, uh, before Squadcast, there was like this trade-off that podcasters were doing where if they wanted it to be easy uh, for them and especially for their guests who are generally not tech people, not familiar, uh, people familiar with recording audio, um, you know, when if they were in two different rooms, there was this, or two different places or whatever, rather, there was this trade-off of like, if you wanted high quality audio, the guests would have to jump through all these different hoops and have to do a bunch of things that is probably not something that they're comfortable with or familiar with. And so there was like a lot of anxiety when recording these conversations, because a lot of it was put on the shoulders of, of not just the podcast host, but the guest as well to ensure that the audio was being recorded, that the files were being provided, uh, all sorts of opportunities for, for issues. And so, uh, you know, just imagine being, uh, on an interview with somebody and you're just like worried the whole time about, am I even going to get this tape? Um, and then there was the flip side where people were using tools that not, aren't necessarily made for the purpose of recording audio, but they have a collaborative remote nature to them. So I'm talking about Skype or Zoom and they do a lot of the things that we we liked about them is that we could see each other, that we felt that that was really important, that uh, it just provided a better experience in the moment, but also the listeners would hopefully hear just a better conversation, that the connection that you're able to build because you're seeing each other uh, would get carried over to that recorded uh, conversation and, and enjoyed by your listeners. But with Skype or Zoom, because it wasn't built for the purpose of recording audio, it's it's a great tool for video chat and and having you know meetings with you know hundreds of people on at once or something like that. Um, they're not really they're focused on making it super easy, and that's why so many people are using it. It's it's extremely easy, but the audio is not really intended to be listened to for like entertainment or podcast related purposes. It's really just to have like, you know, meeting minutes of a, uh, of a conversation so that people can listen to later if they weren't there or they can revisit it. But I mean, honestly, how many people are really listening to that? So I don't think the quality is, they view quality more as a setting where uh, we felt like quality is a default, like, yeah, but that it doesn't have to be super difficult either. Um, and so really, um, and it's been a, 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 you know, an issue of ours of like, you know, when people jump into Squadcast, they're like, oh, this is awesome. It's, it, it looks like a, you know, Skype or Zoom call, but it's optimized right. to record the audio. So I think, you know, uh, trying to communicate the benefits, a lot of these features, we, we kind of call them internally invisible features. There's a lot of stuff that Squadcast does under the hood to ensure that you don't have to be worried or anxious about how is this conversation getting captured? Does my guest need to do anything? Your guest doesn't need to do anything except click a link and then have a great conversation with you. And frankly, that's all they need to be worried about, right? These are right. often busy people. Like I said, they're not usually familiar with recording audio. Um, we do our best to try to set them up for success uh, before you have a recording session with them. Um, but you know, generally we don't want them to have too much to worry about other than talking. And then for the podcaster, it's giving them enough control so that they can uh, have a great conversation, know that it's being recorded in great uh, sound quality. But again, they really need to just worry about having a great conversation too. So it's almost like right. Squadcast needs to fall in the background and it's just you and some person having a, a, a great conversation. Um, so I think, you know, it's really for us communicating what makes it different, what's going on 
behind the scenes that make this so so much different. So one of the big things is that we to ensure the best sound quality possible when recording a conversation long distance or remotely is that uh, we found that it's best to record everyone's audio locally. So Skype and Zoom, they are recording your conversation over the internet. So that's why if you are ever listening to a podcast and you can hear that sound that we've people call Skypey sound or, you know, you packets just, dropping. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that doesn't happen with Squadcast, but because what, what is being recorded is being coming straight from your mouth, recording to your local machine. And then Squadcast does all the heavy lifting of ensuring that those audio files are uploaded to the cloud and then stored for you to download at any time as soon as you hit stop. Um, so that was like a tough concept to like communicate to people that you, you know, we take care of it for you. Your guest doesn't have right. to worry about what's happening. They're not, these, these files are yes, being recorded locally, but then they're being stored and saved to the cloud and, and wiped from their, uh, computer so that there's, it's not really demanding on mm -hmm. their system settings. And again, as soon as you hit stop there, they can leave. They don't have to stick around and wait for a, a, a giant audio file to upload. Um, right. So it's it's really just about making it super fun and easy and almost having people forget that they're, you know, not in the same room, uh, that right. they're using this app called Squadcast. If anything, it's it's it, it should almost disappear. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it goes back to the simplicity part of it, right? If you think about the the sometimes the most beautiful things and the simple things are the things that you when you're amidst them, you forget. Right. Because that's that's how good of an experience it is. Uh, so I appreciate the amount of, you know thought that and and um innovation that's gone into that because it is it is um as we said before it was probably very tempting to get over saturated we could do this we could do this we could do that um which is which is nice that you guys arrived at a place to say you know what i want i want the people to be able to to almost forget that there's even a tool that they have to use to bring together really compelling conversations yes and i must give cr uh, full credit to the podcast community. I mean, we're really fortunate to uh, be serving and engaged with a community that talks for a living, more or less. So yeah. they were really good because we did come in with some inflated ideas and and you know thought, oh, we have this big answer to podcasting. And honestly, fundamentally, it was very, um, you know, our our the original vision, although it was inflated, was still very. Uh, centered around this idea of remote collaboration, but it was much more than just having the recording part. And what podcasters told us, because um, we we like to be really engaged with the community at events, well, when we have events at like Podcast Movement or PodFest, mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're pretty uh, involved in local meetups as well, um, is that, uh, is that this is what they needed, that there's, there's a, certainly a lot of problems, but no one's really focused and executing on it the way that they thought podcasting needed. And so, uh, right away that just helped us focus and, and yeah. really not, you know, try to do too many other things at once. Yeah. Purpose driven, right? Purpose I mean, you, driven. it's one of those things when you, when you stop and you listen to like any customer or any client, um, you know, in the work that I do in, in organizational change and helping people go through change, one of the things I tell people all the time is take the guesswork out of it. Like, don't be afraid to ask your customers. Yep. Don't be afraid to ask the people going through change. What, what would be the best way to support you? They'll tell you. They're not shy, right? <laughs> like, 
Um, and this is certainly not a shy ecosystem, right? We all talk for a living. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it, <laughs> we didn't have to, we didn't have to pry too hard, but once we kind of unlocked that, it's like, oh, no, duh, these people are great at keep telling us what they want. Like, and then we just, right. we just started replicating it. And, you know, the, you know, one of the things that I'm grateful for is our tool is a communication tool. So oftentimes yeah. we're using the tool to connect and get their feedback grow, nurture relationships with them. And, um, you know, we definitely bumbled and stumbled our way here. I will, I, I, that's why I want to give credit to the podcast community because, uh, you know, we, we had wonderful intentions and ambitious goals, but, uh, certainly they, they've really helped us, um, you know, really figure out like, what is the best way to have a remote conversation? I think of like, you know, when Airbnb got started, they would think of, okay, well, what's the level one experience. And then they go to like level 20 to see like, what is the most ridiculously positive experience someone could have? Um, so we haven't gotten to level 20 yet, but we're definitely, you know, working our way up to see like, okay, it doesn't matter if it exists or not. Like what's the best way. And I, you know, we're certainly still working our way. Um, to, to, to making it so that, um, it's not that different. It still can be a great conversation and the audio still sounds great. And the listeners can't tell because they're just getting great content. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I very much appreciate, it. I mean, one of the, one of the analogies or metaphors, I think I had come across, um, when doing a lot of research back in the day about podcasting was it's the modern day, uh, stoa. So I'm, I'm a big, you know, fan of stoicism and, um, and just knowing the, you know, the origin of that word, the stoa was essentially those colonnades. If you see in like the big Greek, you know, temples, oh, yeah. you'd have all the columns. The stoa is sort of the long colonnade where there would be usually a, philosoph a philosopher or somebody talking and it would, you know, echo out so that others could hear it. Um, and the stoa, that, that's what it, that's where the place where people would uh, essentially spit knowledge, you know, to, to pull a line from Hamilton, like spit, <laughs> spit me some knowledge. Um <laughs> And so to me, it's just so clear that the podcasts have become the modern day Stoa. Um, and, you know, for, for what it's worth, thank you and Zach and all of the podcast community for making it easy uh, and, and simple to focus on what that is, the modern day Stoa, where we can share knowledge, we can share stories, we can be intimate in, in you know, in the brains of people that are listening. Because honestly, I, I think, Rock it's in those moments where people are going to change the way they move through the world mm. um, and it's the stories that they're going to listen to. And, you know, as you, as you shared in that blog recently, the importance of people just stopping and saying, I never, I never thought of that, or I never would have encountered that, but for going on a, a, a walk with this person in my ears. Um, and as we're separated now more than ever, um, that level of proximity and intimacy I think is going to be more important as we go to the things like the polls and the ballots, as we try and figure out, um, you know, how to work through a pandemic as public health becomes something that's on everybody's mind. Mm -hmm. Those are key ingredients, um, I think for, for a, a positive future. So kudos to you guys for, for playing a, a part in that, um, and being the modern day STOA, um, tool provider. Man, I can't wait to share that with my team. They're going to be stoked. We definitely have some Please some do. some stoicism fans, and I'm a big fan yeah. of, of meditations myself. Uh, yeah. So and and just meditation in general. But that that book yeah. is is wild, man. How yeah, you know, it's still kind of relevant today, even though it was <laughs> thousands of years I ago. I know, right? Like, well, that's the whole thing. We're we are we are students of history, right? That's why right. I will always be 
uh, a student of history because it's it's in the ancient words. I find myself spending a lot more time. I'm reading a, a whole biography on Augustus, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just so interesting reading about what's happened now in in sort of the lens of what happened in ancient Rome. And you know, t- we talked about it, right inflammation. We talked about overabundance, like. These are not that different than where we've arrived today. It's just through a different level of technology, a level of uh, movement, and a level of, uh, you know, taking health for granted. So, you know, go back to those ancient things that we probably studied when we were, you know, in our our upbringing. Um, A lot of that holds truth. Yeah, that gave me chills, man, because I think you're probably onto something. I learned so much in this interview. That's awesome. You're you're a great host, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, again, it's it's the it's the altruistic part of what we do, right? I want to host I want to host conversations, but I also want people to learn, and I also want them to feel emotionally connected. So uh, thank you. I appreciate it, Rock, for for the opportunity. Um, obviously, I think we've mentioned Squadcast, but if people are listening and they want to go find out more about Squadcast, where can they go to get it? Where can they go to learn? to listen to between two mics, tell us a little bit about, uh, where people can find out more about you. Absolutely. So, uh, pretty much the, the best place to go, if you want to learn about Squadcast, the team, the podcast, what we're working on next, it's all on our website at squadcast.fm. And just to clarify, that is squadcast.fm, like a FM radio or something like that. Uh, but we're always, uh, we're also accessible on the major socials at, uh, it's at Squadcast uh, or at Squadcast FM, not no dot. <laughs> Excuse me, um, but yeah, that, that, so those are the best ways to interact and engage with us. And and that's right, we have a podcast called Between Two Mics, where my uh, co-founder is my co-host as well, and we um, we just interview people that are doing really cool stuff in podcasting, like you. It, it's just a really a, a great opportunity to just put the spotlight on. Uh, people in the space that are, are pushing the medium forward, you know, we feel like it's, it's not active. It's being actively defined right now, what it is to be a podcaster and to have a podcast. And, you know, there's just so many cool people, uh, in it that are doing so many interesting things that, uh, we're big fans of, and we're fascinated by. So it's just our way of, of, you know, learning a little bit from them so that we can share it with our audience and then also giving them a moment to share their story. Thank you. I appreciate that. And for those that are listening, I encourage you to check it out um, and uh, take a listen and pay it forward. That's all I ask, right? If you listen, if there's something that's helpful, tell a friend, right? Point them to Squadcast, point them to the Between Two Mics. Um, And for those that are thinking about jumping into this ecosystem, give us, you know, drop us a line. Absolutely. And thank you for the opportunity, Bill. It means a lot.